Hey guys, before we get started today, I want to tell you about a special offer we're running over at Fizzle. Fizzle is the community we built for entrepreneurs, freelancers, bloggers, and online creators of all kinds. Inside Fizzle, you'll find over 35 courses taught by experts. You'll find our proven small business roadmap that guides you every step of the way. You'll get to join live weekly coaching calls with me and other members of the Fizzle team. Plus, you'll find our amazing community of people like you working to earn a living independently doing something they love. Fizzle membership is meant to be all the support you need to start and grow the online business of your dreams. Membership costs $39 a month, but right now you can get your first full month of membership for just a dollar. Just head to fizzle.co slash pod to start your first month of Fizzle for just a buck. That's fizzle.co slash pod. Hey there, welcome to The Fizzle Show. I'm your host, Corbett Barr, and this is our podcast about earning a living independently doing something you really care about. Our guest today is Chris Gillibo. If you aren't familiar with Chris already, he has quite an impressive resume. Chris started the World Domination Summit in Portland, which is in its 10th and final year coming up in 2020. He visited every country in the world before turning 25, uh, 35. Chris is a New York Times bestselling author and has written several books, including The Art of Nonconformity, The $100 Startup, and 100 Side Hustles. He's also the host of the incredibly popular Side Hustle School podcast, which has now published over 1,000 episodes. Chris, thank you so much for being on the show today. Corbett, thanks for having me. I'm a big fan, as you know. Likewise, I should start out by saying that uh, you were one of the biggest influences on me when I got started blogging over 10 years ago. It's awesome, amazing. Man. That's so cool. Yeah, I know. Crazy it, how that works. It's amazing how long it's been. And uh, just to think about how many uh, people who became important in my life that I met through you, cool. either at a meetup or at the World Domination Summit over the years. Awesome. Uh, so thank you for that to begin with. Um, you have been really focused over the past few years on side hustles. For people mm. who aren't necessarily familiar with what a side hustle is, sure. can you just kind of define it for us? Yeah. Well, I, I bet probably a lot of your listeners are familiar with it, but it's good to make a distinction because you know this phrase is very much in the culture now and everybody uses it in lots of different ways. And uh, the way that I think about it, or at least what I'm focused on in terms of side hustle school and related projects um, is, you know, a side hustle is something that you do apart from your day job or whatever your full-time thing is, um, that is a money-making project. You know, it is something that's, um, hopefully an asset. Hopefully that's not just another part-time job, but it's something that's actually going to help you get ahead. So it's not just the gig, the gig economy. It's not just, you know, oh, I've got five different jobs. You know, it's actually something that hopefully is going to help you either grow into a real business uh, or, or maybe not, but still just like some kind of income source, which I think is so important as, as I know you, you believe the same. Yeah, absolutely. Is there a reason that you decided to choose to focus on side hustles mm. as opposed to entrepreneurship in a more traditional sense, which I know you've written about yeah, obviously in sure. the past? Yeah. Um, you know, less saturated market. I feel like everybody was talking about entrepreneurship. It's like this huge message of how, it's almost negative in some ways, like you have to be an entrepreneur. And like, if you don't want to like take big risk and quit your job tomorrow, like what's wrong with you? You know, I felt that that was kind of um, just what a lot of people were hearing and that a lot of people don't connect to that, right? A lot of people don't relate to that for whatever reason. And, um, you know, there's a lot of people out there who like their job. There's a lot of people out there who can't quit their job right away because they've got a mortgage and family and all kinds of stuff or whatever. 
Um, and so those people really are kind of turned off by some of those traditional messages, maybe even including you know, some of mine earlier on. Um, and so I just thought uh, nobody's catering to this market, to these people, and I think they can do it too. I think it's actually more interesting in some ways you know, to start you know, an income generating project when you've never done it before than if you're like this born entrepreneur like charging ahead all the time. Um, and so I think that was kind of the, the motivation. I just felt like nobody was really speaking to those people in that, in that same way. Have you, uh, now that you have, we, we should mention, I guess, that the Side Hustle School podcast really chronicles or, or features stories every day from mm-hmm. a different person who has started some sort of a high, uh, side right. hustle, Thank you. Yeah. which is which is impressive uh, that you've done that every day for, for three years now, over three years, I guess. Um, and uh, in in the course of doing that, have you found that there's any difference in in the success rates of a side hustle, maybe versus somebody who just charges ahead and, and tries to start a business, maybe without maintaining their full time job? Yeah, well, I mean, success rates, success in general is an interesting topic, right? Because to me, I try to connect everything to like, what's your goal, right? Because some people, you know, their goal is like, I want to like replicate my day job income and eventually go into this and you know, make a lot of money or build security for my future or whatever. And that's great. But other people success is making $500 a month, you know, because that's my car payment or my whatever I'm putting toward debt or something. So I'm not sure about a difference in success rates necessarily. What I would say is there's a big difference in risk, right? Like there's a big difference in like, if you're not spending much money, if it's just your time and obviously your time is valuable too, but hopefully you're learning along the way, you know, so you're gaining something if your side hustle doesn't work out and you have spent a relatively small amount of money and small amount of time, then the stakes are pretty low. You know, then you go on and do something else. Whereas you and I probably both know stories of people that have spent like a year or more, like getting ready to launch one project um, and maybe spend a lot of money on it or, you know, have gone into to debt or otherwise made some major sacrifice. And then if it works, that's great. But if it doesn't, that's obviously like going to be quite a setback for them. Yeah, and I, I've I've also found that um, it, it's easy to think that time is a major issue uh, or constraint mm. when you don't have mm. a lot of it to spend on your project. Mm. But yeah. uh, for people who go full time on their project, mm. they can find that it's so easy to procrastinate or just waste away yeah. all mm-hmm. those hours <laughs> in the day, and that time maybe wasn't the big thing that was holding you back. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, I've seen that myself too. You know, like I think a lot of people who have so many hours you know you have like it sounds like the dream right like when you're working full time full time and like your time is so limited it sounds like oh if i only had you know 35 hours a week to like work on my project but you're probably not going to work on your project for 35 hours a week you're going to go off and get scattered and do all kinds of stuff and like oh i need to be on 12 different social media networks now and i need to you know do facebook ads and do this and webinars you know all this kind of stuff whereas um people who have like these really firm constraints um, they can often end up um, being more successful, you know, to use that word, because it's like, I've got to use that time, you know, I've got to use that time well, and I definitely can't do all those different things. So what is the you know, most important, what is the essential thing that I need to do to you know, grow this business? And uh, for those people who are working full-time jobs uh, and building a business, where do they find that time? Where are they fitting in the hours and how many hours are people spending on these side hustles? Yeah, I mean, um, you know, people do it differently, of course, but, um, you know, I would say if you can spend, you know, an hour or so a day and maybe like, you know, half of a day on a weekend or something, then that's a, that's a substantial block of time, you know, and I think it's usually better to do, you know, small, consistent efforts rather than like trying to like 
you know, one day a month, I'm going to work 12 hours or something. Um, so where do they find the time? Well, I mean, you know, like we all, we all make time for what's important to us. And I understand that, you know, people have all sorts of commitments and such, but I guess I hear from people who, you know, they've got the full-time job and they've got the newborn and they've got like, some other thing, yet they still find a way to, to like start this, this thing because it's really important to them because they understand it's not just about the short term. Maybe they make a little bit of a short term sacrifice. And it's always, I want to be careful in saying that because I don't think the, the answer is always to tell people like, oh, just don't sleep, you know, oh, just don't, don't take time for yourself or your family, et cetera. Like that's not the, the sustainable answer, of course, but I think there are seasons, you know, and I think um, you can look at it as this short-term, long-term thing again of like, well, I'm a, I am going to make a little sacrifice at this time in my life because I'm, I, a year from now, I don't want to be in this situation. A year from now, I actually want to relieve the pressure so that I can have more choice over going to my kid's soccer game or whatever it is that, that I'm trying to, to do. Have you found um, that there are categories of businesses that are more common inside hustles or that are more likely to, to work out for people, different types of businesses. And, and what do you see in terms of online versus offline businesses? Yeah, I would say um, probably mostly looking at online businesses, um, not exclusively, but mostly, I mean, just because it's, it's the world that we live in, we have the chance to connect with people, you know, in the global economy and such. Um, so sometimes there is like a, you know, a handmade component, like I'm making this thing or something and then, but then I'm going to sell it on Etsy or I might sell it at a, I mean, definitely have some stories of people that are doing like farmer's market stuff and, and things. Um, but I would say probably more online and in terms of categories, uh, simple services, simple products. I mean, some of the, I think some of the best stories are not that sexy necessarily, but they're like, oh, this person's actually doing something that's really, you know, useful and helpful to people and, you know, they've been able to do quite well with it. And also, like I said, you know, the power of small, small amounts of money is good, but on the show, like I have probably like two story, two to three stories a week out of the seven that are six figure stories. So people are actually like doing quite well and like once or twice a month there's somebody that's million dollar business, you know, that came from a side hustle that they started, you know, while they were working their job or whatever. So it can be quite substantial as well. Do those people, uh, once they get to that level of success, typically turn that into a full-time thing or do some people just keep their jobs and, and keep some keep of both? Aside? Yeah. Some of both, which I think is pretty cool. You know, it's like, it's a good place to be in when you like, like now it's like, okay, I've got this, I've got that. I like them both. You know, I'm going to my job because I like to be there and I like my colleagues or I like that. There's something about that work environment, or maybe I'm contributing to something that's you know bigger than myself or whatever. Um, like I think about my mom, you know, has had this like 40 year career of working for NASA, you know, that's always been very meaningful, you know, to her. So, you know, if she starts a business, she would still want to be able, you know, to do that. So people, I, I would say, you know, I think once it grows to a certain point, it's more common than not for someone to like go all in and quit their job for it. But there are definitely stories of people that are just like, you know, doing both things. You have uh, been, I'd say, mostly a writer over the past decade plus, and uh, you've written how many books now? Like six or so? Yeah, six. Six. And um, countless blog articles, and, and you've written for other sites and, and so on. Um, and yet, when you started podcasting, I know that you mm -hmm. initially set out with a goal of doing it um, every day for a year. Mm -hmm. And, and I think I've seen that from you before, where when you start a new project, you commit to doing it every day or for some specific period mm -hmm. for, for a yeah. while. Um, tell us about that. Why did you decide to do it every day for uh -huh. a year and, and what made you keep going? 
Yeah, um, that's great. I, for me, I'm, I'm really motivated by streaks, you know, and like these patterns and just, I find it really powerful for myself. It's not so much about, oh, I think it's going to be so impactful for the world, you know, and, you know, if I miss one episode, you know, people are going to be so disappointed or it's not that it's, it's, it's about, you know, for me having my own accountability, you know, to myself. And it's just, I guess the other thing is, um, I believe you should always pay attention to ideas that you have that, that just don't go away. You know, if you have an idea that seems a little bit like crazier out there and then it's gone the next day, you're like, okay, just a weird idea, you know, but if you just keep thinking about it, it's like, there's something to that. And so for me, when I thought about the podcast, you know, starting at three years ago, I was like, oh man, like I'm way behind, you know, corporate's had a podcast for how many years at that point? Probably two or three years at yeah. least, you know, right? Like, and everybody else, like, I feel like I'm so, so I have to do it differently, you know, somehow. So what is different about it? Okay. One thing is it's not going to have guests, you know, because there are so many wonderful, you know, interview podcasts like this one. Uh, I, I can't compete at that level. Um, okay. So it's just going to be me. I'm going to tell stories. I know the market. It's going to be short. And then the, the, I think the thing that put it all together, the rapper was, oh, it's going to be every single day. And so I think once I thought about that, I was like, what is involved with doing that? Okay, that's a lot. But uh, I'm actually more motivated. Like it's, it's easier for me to do it every single day than it would be to do it three days a week. And, uh, you know, because if it was three days a week, it would go to the back of my mind, you know. Um, but it's every day. It has to happen, you know. And I don't really batch records. I pretty much do it every day, um, at least five days a week. So um, as for why I kept going, yeah, I mean, I did it through the year and definitely had a good response to it. I was really surprised myself. Um, as you said, I've been an author for a while and that is my primary medium, my primary format. I'm not an auditory learner myself. Um, and so I had to kind of you know, understand that a lot of people are. So I was really surprised at the response. Uh, and then I kind of got into a rhythm of doing it. And then it was working really well on the business side as well, which is also something I did not expect. You know, when I first started doing the show, I was like, I'm going to do it completely for free. No ads, you know, and then I started working with this network and they're like, that's our model. And like, okay, let's try that. Um, and so I was really surprised with how well that did. And so it was just like, let's, let's keep going. Um, and so that was year two and now it's year three. And I don't know if I'm going to do it forever. I, I do think I'm better at pioneering things than I am at maintaining them, you know, forever. But, um, but it's been good so far. I wanted to get to a thousand and here we are. So now we'll see what happens. I'm surprised to hear that that you say uh, that you don't really batch and that you record every mm. day. In my mind, yeah. I, I was picturing you mm -hmm. sitting down for two days a month and just knocking mm. them all. Oh out. no, no, that wouldn't be good for me. Okay. Um, I, well, I think well logistically it would be hard to just in terms of everything that's involved in like sourcing the stories and writing them and like we have a, I mean I have a team that helps with that of course um, so I can't take all the credit for that. So logistically it would be hard, but I think even if it was logistic it, logistically possible there is something about the, the habit of doing it that I like. And it feels fresher to me. Um, it feels more current to me if I'm doing it every day, even if it's, you know, maybe 10 days out of the actual episode going out. So like you, you just mentioned that you're in Los Angeles right now. And, mm, and I know yeah. that you still travel a lot oh, yeah. despite mm. having accomplished your goal of, of visiting every country. <laughs> yeah. That wasn't really the purpose of your travel. You just enjoy traveling and, and, right. and being out on the road. Um, so like, for example, right now, while you're in LA, are you recording mm -hmm. today an episode? Yep. Yep. I already recorded this morning. Um, so I have my setup that comes with me everywhere. And um, yeah, I mean, pretty much wherever I am on tour, you know, book tour, same thing. It's like going from city to city. You know, I've got the event that I do in the evening. I've got travel at some point during the day. I probably got some media stuff, but then like, okay, you know, got to, got to do the episode, you know, as well. And are these episodes fully scripted? They end up being a, around 10 minutes each, right? 
Yep. Mm -hmm. And they're and fully they're full scripted. Uh, yeah, so I do like I have some commentary on the intro and the end, um, but the but it is mostly fully scripted. Yeah. And does this end up consuming like a big chunk of your day? Have you has the podcast become sort of an all consuming thing, or are you still working on other stuff? Yes and no. Um, I've been thinking about this a lot, Corbett, because um, it, in terms of the hours, it doesn't. It's not. It doesn't take up my whole day. I would say, like on an average day, I'm spending like two two good hours on it. You know, so sometimes less, sometimes more. But that's seven days a week, whatever. I mean, like twenty hours a week ish. I don't know. I don't really track it that way. So it's not like it's it's definitely manageable. I have other projects. I've been writing books, you know, the whole time, doing tours, you know, WDS, etc. At the same time, I'm the I'm the kind of the first to recognize like there is a cost, you know, to doing it. Like it's def like we have a limited amount of creative energy. So it's not like autopilot stuff. Like I definitely have to like think and focus on it. And I do notice like once I finish, you know, the two hours or whatever, that I've got the rest of the day to do other stuff, but I'm not gonna be as good at the other stuff. And so that's definitely something I'm kind of like I feel this tension over, you know, like what to prioritize and, you know, do I want to keep doing this the same way and so on. For people who are looking at content marketing as a way to kick off their side hustle or mm -hmm. to start a business or something, mm -hmm. how would you compare writing to running a podcast and uh, what would you, would you advise someone to look into starting with? Well, I mean, I, you know, there's still a lot of writing associated with the podcast, at least in the format that I do, you know, so for me, it wasn't that difficult of a, a transition in that way. I think, um, I mean, the questions to you're probably, you're probably good at helping people think of the questions to ask, but I was kind of like, well, what is the message you're trying to communicate? You know, who are you trying to reach? And so, you know, how do those people consume information, you know, and what is the best way? Like, are, are you a writer? Are you, do you prefer to do something else? Are you really into online video? Great. You should do that. You know, like obviously there's, you know, huge interest in that. Um, so I think it's always about finding this match of like, here's the topic I'm interested in sharing. Here's, you know, what I'm reasonably good at or what I think I could get better at if I did it. Cause you're not good at anything when you start. Um, and also the other side, you know, is there a group of people, a market who are going to be interested in this and where can I find them? It's, and it's like, you kind of piece that stuff out as you go along. You don't necessarily know everything in the beginning. And so you try different stuff and you try the different social networks and you try this strategy and that, and over time you see what kind of sticks. In for the side hustle school podcast, uh, the script that you use for the mm -hmm. show that ends up being published, um, most of it in the show notes as well. Is that right? Yeah, I think we did. We started changing that at first. It was, we just had some like brief reference points, but now like lately I'm looking, I'm like, oh yeah, we're actually including most of that transcript there. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. Podcasting is, is tough. I think for people sometimes who don't already have an audience elsewhere because mm. the discovery uh, yes, doesn't right. work the same as, as written content necessarily. So mm -hmm. it's, it's kind of hard to jumpstart yep, um, from scratch, which is interesting. Yeah. And, and I, I like that you can publish uh, mm -hmm. if the content is written out and you can publish it, then at least you get mm -hmm. dual purpose from it, which sure, could be sure, helpful. Sure. Yeah. Um, the world domination summit conference mm -hmm. has been a force here in Portland for the past mm -hmm. 10 years. Uh, you've probably had, uh, I'm guessing maybe 15,000 different people attend over the years, something like that. I think it is something like that. Yeah. We used to say 10,000 plus, but we've been saying that for like several years now. So probably it's closer to 15. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, it's it has been an amazing event, um, and it's coming to a close this yeah. this next mm. year in its tenth mm -hmm. season. 
Mm-hmm. Can you That's tell right. us? Can you tell us about the decision to to close uh-huh. something that that has meant so much to so many people? Yeah, well, season's a good word. Um, I mean, all, everything comes to an end one way or another, and so um, it's not often that. I think I'll probably talk about this a little bit next year at the event, but I haven't f- fully formulated it. Like I'm just thinking about it right now. It's not often that we um, get the chance to have like control over that and over when when the ending is going to be. And we tend to just like let things just kind of keep going, you know, um, for a while. And so I think there's actually a power in in saying like, okay, this has been a wonderful thing, and now you know let's let's end it and let's let's do something different. And a lot of things have changed since we started, you know, ten years ago. And there are a lot more events and gatherings, you know, of people. Uh, you know, from the same community and related communities. Um, and, you know, it's been, it's been a, a lot, it's been like a labor of love, but it's also something that's really taken, you know, a lot of energy from a lot of people, not just myself, but a lot of other people too. And I want to be conscious of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and we, so we made the decision like three years out, you know, coming up in the final year now, but two years, more than two years ago, we decided, okay, we're going to we're gonna go to 10 years. And the interesting thing was like, when I shared that with the team, just like our, our small like core team, it really like brought this um, new energy to them, and like every one, every person at the at the point who's on the team then committed for like two more years. They're like, I want to be part of it all the way to the end. Whereas it used to be for like five years in a row. After WD, everybody's worn out, everybody's exhausted, and I'm always worried about having this conversation with, Oh, are you going to come back next year? You know, because who's who's going to come back? But so I think it just it's it's actually good to like work together to to um, have a, a celebration, a finale, and, and all that. And so far, I think uh, people are also responding really well to that, too. Like, we were already sold out you know, completely for next year. We just did a ticket sale like a week ago, and it's done, um, which is great. That's how it was, like, our first few years. And then in the middle, it was a little bit more like, oh, we had two or three ticket sales, you know, um, which is fine. But I like to just have it done, and now we focus on the event. Yeah. It, looking back on the conference i'm i'm guessing you didn't imagine that it was going to be a 10 10 year long oh god no i didn't imagine anything man i i was like come come to portland let's hang out you know you yeah. were at the first one right yes it's yeah amazing man wow. yeah it was amazing it was um yeah. it was it was a smaller more intimate sort yeah. of thing and um and just all the people that i met you know i still talk to so many of them today it was it was such a great place uh, and there, and there was some magic back then of everyone who was involved in um, the online sphere w- had this energy about wanting to meet one another face to face finally, and and you provided that place, which was so cool. Um, in thinking about running a conference and the the effort that goes into it, and the reward that you've gotten from it as well, and and so many other people also. Um, is that something that you think is a is a smart move for people who have a community to to look to bring them together in person? I think of it like writing books. So I love writing books. I love everything about it. Like I love the publishing process. Actually, I really appreciate working with, you know, my so-called traditional publishers. They do a bunch of stuff that I can't do or don't want to do. So I've always been very much, you know, in favor of that. And, you know, I learned kind of early on that not everybody's the same way. Not everybody wants to write a book. I kind of falsely assumed like and everybody who's a blogger wants to write a book, but, but and that's not the case, you know? So you shouldn't write a book unless you really want to. Like if that's your dream, that's what you do, right? And if it's your dream, nobody should discourage you from it, you know, absolutely. But otherwise there's other ways, there's lots of probably better ways to make money, you know, easier, et cetera. So the same thing with, with running an event, you know, if you, you know, really just 
enjoy bringing people together, you like everything about that, like you really want to like invest in your community, then that's a great thing to do. You know, if you're just, if you're, if you have any other goal, then maybe something might, else might be better. You know, if your goal is, you know, just to make money, then that's fine. If your goal is uh, to grow a more sustainable business, I mean, there's lots of other things that you should you could consider, I think. Yeah. And you also uh, have spent a lot of uh, the past 10 years on the road doing book tours mm-hmm. and, and other yeah. sorts of tours where you're out there in other cities mm-hmm. meeting up with people. And so you have a, an additional outlet. And I think a lot of people maybe overlook that as a way mm-hmm. to sure. get in touch with their audience, maybe taking themselves mm-hmm. to their audience as opposed to trying to bring everybody together all at once. Yeah. 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 Well, I mean, I always worked for it, you know, as you know, like, I, and I, I enjoy that. I mean, I like from the beginning, it was very grassroots and like, um, hopefully we haven't lost that. You know, I'm still just as excited about, you know, going out to have a meetup of, you know, 40 people or whatever. Yeah. As opposed to having a thousand yeah, or, or yeah, more whatever, people you know. altogether. Um, do, what, how much do you work these days? I'm curious like, <laughs> with, with all uh, the things you have going on and, and I mean, how do you balance like, I know you haven't always been a fan of balance, work-life no, balance. Yeah, it's like, right, exactly. Um, well, I, I mean, I, it's a lot of different ways to answer that question. You know, I mean, one way would be to say, like, I don't work at all, you know, because I love everything that I'm doing, right, yeah. you know? But I don't mean to, like, give, like, a trite answer. Um, I don't really – I tried for a while to, like, you know, track my hours. Like, Laura Vanderkam has got this great exercise and spreadsheets you can download and, like, track all 15 minutes, every 15 minutes of your week. You know, you can see patterns. So I think it's actually an interesting thing, but I tried it for a couple of weeks. I couldn't really, I spent a lot of time tracking. I was like, how much time am I spending actually like inputting this data, yeah. you know? Um, but so I don't, I don't really know. Um, I just know that I'm motivated to start projects and that's what I enjoy. And if I, once, once I finish a particular project or something, it's like, what's next, you yeah. know? It's so like once I finish working on a book manuscript, you know, it's not like the next day I'm going to start for the next, but pretty soon I'm going to be thinking about, okay, what comes next in that, you know? Does work typically bleed into the evenings and weekends for you? Yes, for sure. But I also, you know, I also don't work, you know, eight to five all the time either, right? Yeah. Like I'm, I'm really been doing a lot more for like my health and wellness and fitness, you know, the past year or two. So like I go for like, a longer run during the day. I go to a workout class. I go to a yoga class. You know, whenever I don't. So, yes, work bleeds into the evenings and the weekends, but the yoga class bleeds into the work too. So it's fine, you know. Yeah, flexible. Me. Yeah, yeah, right. exactly. I know some people work uh, better with specific boundaries, and some people right. work better if it just all yeah. kind of flows together. Mm-hmm. Uh, you mentioned earlier um, mm-hmm. not being sure about how long the podcast is going to go for, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Um, and this idea of ideas that that don't go away and eventually you mm-hmm. kind of have to pursue them. Mm-hmm. Is there something on the horizon for you that you've kind of got like tickling the back of your mind? Um, and, and how are you thinking about this, this transition? Are you going to force something new or, mm. or does something just sort of come to you and, and you're just listening for it? Mm. Yeah, that's a very good question. I don't know if it's either one of those, like it definitely is not forced hopefully. Um, but there's often like some work involved in the discovery process too. So I don't know if it just like appears, you know, like I was, I've actually been thinking about this and talking with people, getting advice from people. And I go to therapy and therapy, I'm like, help me figure out what's, what's next, you know? So, um, I don't, I don't know exactly what it is, but I am thinking kind of what I said earlier, like for me, I'm better at pioneering stuff than I am at maintaining it for long periods of time and whatever success I've had, 
it has always been, has always come from doing something a little bit contrarian or a little bit different, um, not just kind of, you know, following what other people are doing and doing it better. Because some people are really good at like optimizing and, you know, being efficient. I respect that. Um, but I was trying to look at what are the characteristics of the things that, you know, have gone well for me and how can I like replicate that to what's next? But I don't know quite what it is. I'm trying to spend some time thinking about it. Yeah. So that, um, for you, there's some secret there to the pattern of things that have worked for you in the past. Not that you're going to do the exact same thing, but just looking for the characteristics or the traits of the things that you've done in the past to, to inform what you should do in the Mm -hmm. future. Um, do you, are you looking mostly at, um, the thing itself or at your, your specific skills or where your energy lies? All, yeah, you know, all of those things, right? I think most of us are going to be the happiest in life if we are, are doing something that we are excited about, you know, that we look forward to, to doing. We're also going to be most effective if it, we're doing something that we're relatively good at. Um, and then I also like to, you know, to find this like third space of like, oh, nobody's done it before that way, you know? Or that is like different or challenging in some in some way. So that's that's attractive to me. Chris, uh, thank you so much for being our guest today. Corbett, thank you. Big honor. All right. You can find more from Chris Gillibo over at chrisgillibo.com and you can find his podcast, The Side Hustle School, wherever you listen to podcasts. You can find the full show notes and links for this episode over at fizzleshow.co. As always, thank you for being here. I'm Corbett Barr. And until next time, thanks for listening to The Fizzle Show. Mm-hmm.